Hello and welcome back to the EP Plug Me In podcast. I am EP, your host, and welcome to another musician check-in. This is episode 10, and today I have a very wonderful guest. I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed with this kid's drive and his just overall knowledge of how to stay on the course and how to stay positive, and it's very early in his career. I really love this podcast setting because it gives me a chance to really give someone else a chance to be taken seriously to tell their story so please plug into this story and everyone else that i have on here just know we don't do this for no reason we do it so their their music and their goals can be listened to and i really hope that you take that seriously as we display it for uh, eric evie our guest for today so thank you again for joining us and as always thank you for plugging in. EP, plug me in. EP, plug me in. Walking in the song, absolutely no plan. Come tag along, whatever pairs with romance. Something smooth, something to take me away. Water so blue, the clouds so gray. Maybe I'm delusional, maybe I'm naive. Expect too much, live life on my sleeve. Maybe I've always been clutch. Turn my eye to some slumps, my success printed on CVS receipts. Welcome to the EP Plug Me In Podcast. I am EP The Mime, your host, and today my guest with me is a Chicago native that is a musician go ahead and introduce yourself and tell everybody where you're from and your name thank you for having me on um my name is eric i go by eric evie and yeah this is one of my first podcasts i've been on alex so thank you thank you thank you for having me on this is going to be a really cool experience you're welcome you're welcome and where are you from exactly in chicago I grew up in the suburbs um about 20 miles straight west and i think it was such a blessing to be able to be exposed to all the musical history that's come from Chicago but um it's kind of like like a uh, transition phase for me I guess I just moved downtown um this week so (laughs) everything is brand new oh cool cool so you're you're in a new location is it really far from where you you were no um typically the drive into the city was always like 40 minutes or so and um I'm kind of right by DePaul if you've ever heard of that but um right in the middle and i'm so excited because i'll be able to go to these open mic events start connecting with people attending other artist shows um there's really unlimited possibilities what was keeping you from doing it before was it farther like out of the area is this area like more central to, to those types of things chicago i guess is pretty condensed um in the city i think it's just a matter of having a job and then at the same time um it's it's just time driving down to the city, um, unfamiliarity, you know, sometimes I didn't necessarily have friends that'd be willing to go into a cold environment like that for someone they don't know. Um, so attending and showing love right. and connecting to these other artists that you've talked about online, um, sometimes rolling solo for that. It's really, it forces you to go out of your comfort zone. And, uh, the whole goal of moving down to the city is, to get as comfortable as possible yeah yeah no no really so um is it um do, do you have like a group of friends that you do this with that they kind of go with you to do these things or, or are you more like the only one in your friend group that, that does music yeah i'm really um the only one that's kind of explored music for my friend group i think a lot of my friends are interested in music and i've been able to bounce ideas off of them um but it's for these events. I've just thought that, you know, I don't necessarily want to show like a huge profile coming in or whatever, where five or six people, I just thought in order to connect with whoever I'm trying to see at that event, it, 
I don't want to be like too intrusive by bringing a bunch of people. Right, over. right. Um, especially if like you know I'm trying to meet them after the show or buy their merch, um, buy a CD, talk to like their tour guys. Yeah. Um, there's really so much that goes into it. You don't realize. No. Yeah. Yeah. You never want to be in those types of uh, environments with anyone that's not trying to be in that environment. You know, it's not really it's not really like a support thing. You it, it's like if you were going to go sell Pepsi, you know, as your product, you wouldn't bring your friend. You know what I mean? You'd go <laughs> and you you'd dress the part, you'd bring your product and you'd go sell it on your own. And it's kind of like the same thing with uh, with uh, stuff like this. But I imagine in your area in Chicago, because it can go from being a suburb area to, to being a very urban, you know, more inhabited with crime area. So mm -hmm. that's also another factor that you have to deal with as well, right? Yeah, I guess. I don't worry about it too much. Um, I mean, like, you can't live your life in fear, but I think a lot of it is, you know, just being smart. It's common sense. But I think what L.A. and both Chicago is we're so blessed to be in these huge cities, right? Like, I can't imagine the struggle of someone, you know, growing up in a rural area or whatever, um, having to take long drives to go see a show. Um, there are venues that have been out in the suburbs that I've been able to go to, but now like, you know, a 10 minute Uber is, it's almost effortless, you know, there's no excuse for it. And I'm sure it's the same way in LA. <laughs> in both of our areas. I, I want to get started about your, your project, Periscopes. So I saw on your, your Spotify that you um, released, uh, if my boss hears, first correct so that was the first track that you released yes um i think i think it was just the concept of the song where the whole idea is what if someone hears you know what if my boss hears how would they respond and it was i guess it applies to everybody when you first have that song come out and you tell people and you know it's that shock factor that goes into it it's very nervous to uh put out your first song you know what I really like about the track is it's uh, very much, it's a good style for, I think, you and the personality that you give off through the music, which is lighthearted. It's very positive. It's very, um, it's, um, it's, uh, it's bright, you know, it's, uh, but I did notice that every track that you, you released as a single also came out on Periscope. So we'll just go straight to your album. So um, without going through each song, because we're going to give each song its due, so we don't move ahead too fast, but we'll just start at why the name Periscopes and... How did you get to the point where you decided what was going to go on the album? I think my music kind of, um, it goes back to your point of walking in the room and kind of that competitiveness. I think where I'm at in my career, I'm kind of like at a naive, almost wide-eyed sort of outlook on things. Yeah. And so I think Periscopes, that, first off, that I knew that song would be my favorite on the project and it became kind of like the focal point. So I wanted it kind of like in the middle of the track list, but also it just kind of sh periscopes, you know, like it's an outlook on life almost. Um, and Corday's got his from a bird's eye view coming out next week, which I guess is a similar idea. But I just wanted to kind of show my introduction saying, OK, this is the beginning of my point of view and what I can add to music. OK, cool. And it, uh, so the the Just Law feature on the If My Boss Hears track, you instead of putting the uh original track that just had you you had the the remix on there so who who's just law and how did that collaboration come through for the if my boss here's remix yeah just law he is he's amazing he's from california as well um from san jose and we met through this website called slaps.com and it is a networking site for musicians who use distro kid so if anyone's listening 
if you haven't explored yet, there should be some sort of like slaps.com link on your DistroKid profile. And it's basically a platform where people are encouraged and they're rewarded to comment on other people's stuff. So I don't exactly know how the algorithm works, but the more comments you give to other people, well, when you post a song, then it'll push your song to other listeners. Um, and it's exclusively artists. Right, right. That's actually how I found you as well. That's right. That's right. Um, and so just, I met him through that. He's incredibly charismatic. And we first did the Who Cares song um, together. And he's got a different outlook. You know, he has a few children um, and he has been through more life experience than I have. And so I thought it was a perfect like duality, I guess, um, a balance. And so we did the Who Cares song. It was probably my favorite like written song on the track. That and Periscopes are one, two, in my opinion. Um, and so we had so much fun creating that. Just Law loved the Boss Here song. And so we decided to do a remix. And he brings that kind of energy that I have not been able to grasp yet on the mic. And I think you can kind of speak to this yourself as an artist where it's one thing to write a song out and have an idea of it, but it's another thing to actually execute it in the mic. And so I kind of wanted to get into a little bit too of your experience on how you developed kind of like that confidence to stand up on open mics or um, just even express the inflictions in your voice on the mic. Right, yeah. Yeah, well, we can definitely get into that. But before we get into that, we're going to go into a brief snippet of the If My Boss Hears a remix right here featuring Just Law off of the Periscope It, it all comes down to your connection from your brain to the muscle memory that you have created and molded with your voice. It's very important to have control over your voice. So like I, I think that every rapper should do vocal warm ups when you're live singing and when you're recording and when you're getting those sounds from your brain out through your mouth and in front of the uh, microphone the main problem is the sonics in the room so if you're recording in your room the sound in your head isn't going to sound as full because either your setup isn't set up right or if you're on a live stage you don't have in-ears so you can't necessarily hear the beat as good as you would as if you were sitting in your room alone with a pair of headphones on so when you when you're on stage and when you're on the microphone, it's always good to just, just to have a good control over your voice because when nerves and uh, and like fatigue, like like voice fatigue, vo vocal fatigue come into play, it's all a matter of lack of preparation on the vocal side rather than the emphasis of energy and like, you know, uh, grit in your voice or delivery. Thank you. I mean, that's a great outlook on it. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said muscle memory. Yeah. Um, yeah, experience is the best teaching tool, in my opinion. And so that's the beauty of being able to, I'm sure your home setup is amazing, but the beauty of building something at home where you can try to record, you know, five days a week. Um, the goal, hopefully, over time is that I'll get there. Uh, so is this the um, 
first or second year of you doing music? It depends, I guess, where you label the start at. Um, Periscopes, it, the for one year anniversary of it will be in March. And so before that, I tried to get a grasp on, you know, the Twitter scene and how people re- interact and learning the industry as a whole. So I guess like I've been going on two years now. Um, but in terms of actually putting out music, it's been a year. Okay, and and what made you want to get into the like the rapping world in general? Yeah, I think it goes back to the charisma, as you said. Um, growing up, I was huge on like Green Day, Linkin Park, Fall Out Boy, um, some of these big groups. But then when like Linkin Park, especially, they did some of these remix songs, and like for, with Jay Z, the Numb Encore remix. Yeah. That, Care, uh, the charismatic feel and the collaboration, it really got me excited. It's, you know, the energy of like a Kanye or a Lil Wayne or an Eminem grown up where it's like, holy cow, this is different than just some like blah, bland, you know, brand. Um, you get to know who they are better, I feel like, in hip hop than you do the other genres. And that's why it's taken off so much. Okay. So, so it is, are those the moments that, that inspired you the most, like seeing those artists? Do things is there is there a like one moment that that you have that made you really want to do music? I don't know if there's a moment in general, but I think I have been drawn so much to these different projects almost as like different artist eras. So Kanye, what's amazing, right, is taking that leap doing like 808s and Heartbreak was the first real project that I got to see Kanye go through with, right? And then him switching it up to Dark Twisted Fantasy, and even most recently, just the whole hype surrounding Donda is so exciting to me. And that's why, like, I don't know what your opinion is this um, necessarily, but the push today to have that constant urge to go viral on a song where it's just like single after single or like the saturation of trying to get content out there, I feel like having an era or a project with a music really makes people fall in love with the journey more so than just pumping out songs. But there's really no formula to this, and that's why I love music too. There's, it's not a math problem where you have to get X you know, a certain way. Um, there's, depending on what you want to brand yourself or the ways that you go about finding the music in itself, um, there's really endless possibilities with this, which is so exciting. Yeah, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's true in that sense. It is the longer road, though, to, to, to have that outlook, you know, because there there is a uh, there is a tried and true way to get into the industry. You know, it, it just ha- it just deals in a lot of compromise, you know, and it, it, it the um, the conflict of the situation is if you get put into the music industry, you become a part of the industry and the industry is like a company, you know, like it, it, it only operates a certain way. Certain things can't be talked about, certain things can't be said, and certain things have to be done. You know, like if, if, if an artist gets um, signed, like say Billie Eilish gets signed, you know what I mean? Like in the first year, she's going to hit Jimmy Fallon, she's going to hit Jimmy Kimmel, David Letterman, she's going to hit, you know, like like a Joe Rogan podcast, mm-hmm. right? She's going to hit all these things. And it's the same thing with like a UFC fighter when they get on like a Conor McGregor. They're hitting the same shows. So th- there is, there's a mold, you know, it, it's getting into those molds. Like there's a... There's an interesting story. Like I was telling this to my, my my wife yesterday. There's this girl named Gail. She just came out with a song called A B C D E F U, mm-hmm. and <laughs> it's a big viral song on TikTok, right? And so she has the this series that she was doing for a couple months, where she would ask her followers 
give me a topic and I'll write a song. And they would give her a topic and the next day she would put the song up. So it was kind of like this shock value and like, oh, she's writing songs really fast and they sound good. And, you know, a couple months into it, somebody put, hey, write a song about the alphabet. She wrote A, B, C, D, E, F, U. And it became the hit. She just performed that on Jimmy Kimmel like a couple nights ago. Right. So that you see the formula is playing out again. So right from TikTok, where'd she go? Mm-hmm. Talk show. But a lot of people don't know this, though. Uh, um, the person who left that comment, somebody researched that person and they found her on Google and found out that that person was her marketing manager. <laughs> so her marketing manager was posing as a regular follower. Mm-hmm. The, she knew she had this hit song already said write a song about the alphabet people liked it because they thought it was a regular person <laughs> made a fake account she put this song out and now that was all of a marketing program you know what i mean so so everything is marketing like if you look at viral videos today it's the marketing is all the same you put you, like on uh, instagram if it's not over ten dollars on your promotion you you can't uh, they don't the algorithm won't help you gain a sale and it's the same thing also with like content touches like they've studied the algorithms the algorithm won't send your stuff to someone if you don't play by the algorithm it's not there's not like a group of people that choose who gets what it's the it's an algorithm so you have to post this certain amount of times in order for the algorithm to work because it's Mm -hmm. monitoring what you're doing on their app and based off of the amount of activity that you're giving their app by posting your content they then send you to users on the app so it's there's this conflict where it's like if you really believe in your music and you care about the message, you should stay independent and you should find a way to sell merch like Chance with the three hat. Great example. And perform and perform and perform. Because one thing that Chance did do was he dropped a project, but he also had tons of singles lined up when he did drop the, the major label one. But he performed a lot. And, but if you want to get there quicker and you want to do the VMAs and BT Awards and the Grammys and all that stuff, then you have to play the game. So a lot now these days, what we're seeing is that artists aren't necessarily happy while playing the game. Seems like this demonic little, you know, like industry sometimes. But it is uh, coming down to what is that you what is it that you want from your art? So what side of it are you on? Do you want the um, the blowing up aspect where everyone's talking about you, kind of like logic, and then you fade away, like? Because you can't you can't be anyone else, you know. It happened for them that way. It won't happen the same way. But in if you could choose, are you more thinking more being like ready for the work to tour the world, or are you just trying to make an honest living doing music? Well, I think um, maybe it goes back to me being just kind of open-minded or open-eyed about this. I think it all comes down to leverage, and so optimistically, maybe I think. There is always a way. There are lanes for every single artist out there, and I truly believe that. Um, And so that's why I don't necessarily think I fall into kind of like that competitive grittiness of hip-hop traditionally. I want everyone to succeed. And so when it comes with thinking about that for my journey, um, the more leverage, like you said, the more merch I can sell or whatever, where I can be financially independent on my own and then do that, um, maybe then in a position I can pick and choose what kind of shows I would want to go on to. But for me, I'm a big believer in God, and I think whatever kind of course that comes from it is totally fine with me because the reason I am making music is the self-fulfillment aspect of it. The rush of having a song you know, written that you can hear it in your head to then finally executing it and then hearing it after it's mixed. That rush to me is so priceless that I don't think this is something that 
I would stop regardless of results. Um, so whether that is getting to a certain point or getting signed, um, I think a lot of it is gravy. Um, and obviously I want to have my message touch as many people as possible, but I don't consider myself someone who wants to be wrapped up in stardom. And so especially considering like a future with a family, I don't want my children to be in a spotlight like that where, you know, we see Drake the way he moves, where he's rolling with like three or four Escalades. And I think a lot of that would become a burden to me. And so finding a balance and hopefully creating a situation for myself where I have a great circle around me um, and it's kind of like the best of both worlds. Yeah, great. I, I completely get you. Th that's a very good mindset to have. I, I definitely think you're on the right track. So with that being said, we're going to go into another snippet with a song called Timing. It's time for growth. It's time for plans. It's time to work out. It's time for abs. It's time to get outside. It's time to tan. And I'll share this music and the scraps. It's all about timing. So I'm sitting around working. No thought about reclining And from all this I learned one thing Now one thing, now one thing You gotta capitalize on time It's an appropriate segue into a song Because we're talking about stuff that kind of relies on a lot of good timing So we're, 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 let's take a little bit of a turn And briefly explain your favorite eight bars in timing and your experience of recording this track oh my goodness i'm gonna have to pull up the lyrics here i <laughs> the biggest thing for me on timing was it is the most vulnerable track on that project oh cool and yeah i have gotten better you will hear songs that will come out that have that are very vulnerable in my opinion but the biggest thing for me is like this music journey kind of fell into my lap a little bit where one, um, I was let go from a job because I got put in another department. I wasn't very good at it. And then the second, because of Corona. And so it's like two opportunities, you know, coming out of the gate after I graduate school where I have time to explore other passions. Um, nobody's applying for jobs eight hours a day, right? Or 15 hours a day. So yeah. I was able to kind of dive in and really explore this. And it, ultimately it's a blessing because I firmly believe if you look at all these other artists, um, ASAP, you know, he's in his 30s. Two Chains, he's in his 40s. Rick Ross, you know, found success later. There isn't, to me, there isn't that rush that I need to get things done right away in order to like hit it or become success. Um, so timing, you know, switching jobs, becoming vulnerable, but then believing, I guess, in the process of it all. Um, I'm gonna try to pull up the lyrics here in a moment. You mentioned that thing about losing two jobs, right? In the in the in the track timing. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that part. Yeah. No. No. Well, what I really like about it is, um, you know, here he, he, here's a compliment, but here's also like a very lighthearted critique. It's interesting to hear the way that you formulate your songs because I can identify when certain people are in certain um, like stages of recording and stuff like that, you know, cause I've, I put in my 10,000 hours. So like I've, I've worked with different levels and I noticed that the way that your, uh, your hooks come up, it's very, there's a lot of space in the hooks, which is good because mm -hmm. typically when people start out, they try to do a lot more words in the hook. So I appreciate that you 
you had good timing on the track, pun intended. But <laughs> but I, I like that because uh, in, it, it, when you're doing rap these days, the flow is so intricate from the offset. But there's also, like you said, there's a lane for everyone in certain types of levels. But it, I think when it comes to like crafting your songs in the beginning, it's very important to give yourself like uh, the, uh, the an appropriate amount of information that you're getting across in your bars and also like a, a, a good enough uh, amount of space in the hook and I, I i like that about that track so good on you for doing that thank you i i think but part of it too is my first attempt at singing but you make a great point when it's like putting too much into a sentence on every single song i make i kid you not i have to trim down line by line like what words match because to me thinking of it in my head you know as i'm writing it out and verbalizing it are two different things you know taking the time to announce it the way you want to, the inflections in your voice, it takes more time than I would think. And so every single song, I am trimming down words. That is so funny you bring <laughs> no, that up. No, yeah, I've, I've been there, man. It, it's a really, really good habit to have, though. So just just don't lose it. it. It'll really help you in the long run. So on the track timing, can you go through your favorite eight bars on that track and kind of explain the, the bars after you go through them? Yeah, sure. I'll go through it. So coming straight out of the Chicago Burbs. There's no caution. This is red alert. This is a real act. The rest rehearse. Rest in peace, old habits. The rest is birth. Some will look at me in the eye. The rest will smirk. They're feeling threatened. The rest will work. Gotta start believing. Next is church. And then I'm writing for myself. The rest dessert. So to me, um, the first segment of it is establishing where I'm from. So coming straight out of the Chicago Burbs. This is something that I want to establish with my identity as an artist. Um, I don't want to pretend that I'm something I'm not. And so then this, there's no caution. This is red alert. This is meaning like, okay, you know, this is out there. This is me putting my name on a project. There's no shine away from it. My true name is Eric Evans. And I, my artist name, I wanted it to be very similar, um, but just a little different. And so it's just kind of me not shying away from this saying, I'm real talk, the rest are flirts, I'm going to carry through on my actions. But then as we get down, um, I start kind of what we talked about before, where it's like, you know, I got to start believing, next is church, so just belief in the process, and then I'm writing for myself, the rest is art. Just like I said before, the fulfillment of saying, I'm going to accomplish this, and then setting out a plan, and ultimately carrying through on that is so gratifying to me, I can't even tell you. No, yeah, I, I really know the importance of a plan, and uh, I hope that you, you stick to your plan because I think the consistency of sticking to the things that you plan for yourself and for your musical career is is probably um, the most crucial, um, unacknowledged move that you have to make to make sure that this really, really happens. So, yeah, m more power to you. With that being said, we're going to lead into a snippet of a track called Embers. Say the word, and it's lickety splits. I'm holding down the cards like I'm Larry Fitz. I had people turn me down for beats, and now they're missing the snips. Can't blame them for missing the vision I grip. Even though I don't see it all, I see a glimpse. I'm open to it all. I might need a tip. So tell me what you see, what I seem to miss. Sipping on the bourbon. Yeah, I'll take a nip. So when it comes to like image and how you feel about being super positive and dealing with mental health and like the whole conflict of having to compromise, you know, signing your life away and stuff like that. When, when, when you're thinking about how people receive you and how you 
have come across to others what, what kind of things do you tell yourself or do you do you not listen to those types of thoughts of like self-doubt or or maybe you're being too positive like do, do you focus on that stuff right now or are you kind of just taking a mature route and pushing that towards the future and dealing with it when you get there the only reason i ask is because usually people have to compromise when they're trying to get such a positive message to the world you know so like with um with, with artists like kanye now doing the more um christian sounding like contemporary hip-hop stuff trying to be more positive with the sound he's still being judged so much by the mistakes that he's made and you see the same with a lot of other artists that preach positivity like 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 if you look at someone like logic where it was peace love and positivity but he's somebody who struggles with intense anxiety and got a lot of hate from the industry. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> so did you get any pushback in the beginning when you started to create any songs um, from anyone or has it been all supportive? How have your first experience been like the first? Yeah. Um, well, first off, I think you bringing up logic is a great example of that. Um, if you haven't read his book, I'm forgetting the title of this, but it basically he goes into this as like three parts, his childhood, you know, his true development in like adolescence and then becoming logic, you know, from the transition from Bobby to logic. It's a great, great book. Um, and it kind of opened my eyes to his experience dealing with those new problems in life. Um, to me, I'm not necessarily worried about the image that comes from it because Yes, it's important to think of in the moment, like, what am I going to wear for this shoot or how am I going to portray the art this way? But I personally believe that I, my interests in music will change as I go along. And so I feel like I'm just going to try to kick that can down the road for when it's time. Um, and, and you may be very right on that in terms of fitting a certain mold. But in terms of, like, <laughs> being... Get receiving pushback if you're not getting any pushback you know you're not reaching enough people in my opinion um and so i've been called like teacher rap uh ben shapiro you know rapping on whatever and that's hilarious the ben shapiro that's yeah hilarious. and what what's hilarious about it too is like i have a very simple style i guess i i'm not wearing earrings or um dyeing my hair a certain way and maybe that will change in the future but I was just rocking um, a fleece for this. It was for this gang activity remix challenge that Chris Patrick put together. Um, and Chris Patrick is this amazing artist, and he's someone who I've followed from Twitter. But on this, I was just sitting in my basement with a fleece on, and it was like an all-black fleece. And it was like, oh, Ben Shapiro rapping again. And it was like, holy cow, like this is hilarious. And... Um, I, <laughs> whatever, you know, the comparisons with being white and hip hop will always be a thing. Um, but just having a good attitude, being able to take jokes, um, is my best outlook on it. So let's get back to the first. What are the, the moments that you've had that have been first? Like, have you performed yet? The first track you did, first time you rapped for somebody, first time it went well, first time it failed, go through some of those. I have not been in front of an audience, um, performing yet. Some of them got canceled because of COVID but that's totally okay. Um, the next step is to hopefully go to these open mics. But I really got started from rap when one of my friends, Johnny, growing up in high school, we would kind of just freestyle in his basements off of, 
um, you know, just Meek Mill. But he was in love with Meek Mill, but like Meek Mill beats or any kind of freestyling. And I just eventually got to a point where it's like, wow, like I, I start to put together words and um, I'm someone that I can't necessarily put it together on the mic without having to write it down. Um, so I take great pride in that I do have to write things down. But the first song, I don't even know what it was. Um, a lot of them ended up getting thrown out for Periscopes because I just didn't have that voice on it, that confidence. And so it took me, you know, six or so months to get to where Periscopes is. But then even from now, I hopefully you're able to see that the sound and confidence from No Harm, No Foul to Boss Hears is different. And hopefully a year and a half, two years from now, it'll be on another level. Yeah, definitely. No, it, it, it's always striving to, to be better is, is a good way to, to look at it. You touched on some things there. So what happened the first time that you rapped for somebody? I don't remember, honestly. No? <laughs> it wasn't this like, um, it wasn't this, you know, light bulb type moment. No, okay. um, it's just over and over. These little like, when you, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but when you freestyle with friends, sometimes it's like the goofiest like little shit that doesn't even make yeah. sense. That just gets the room cracking up. And so whether it's from school or whatever, I consider myself to have a, a decent, um, I guess, what do you want to call it? Aura or your presentation skills when speaking in front of people. So when that comes, I guess it's going to be like a sink or swim moment. Um, what, I guess, are some of your advices or pieces that you like work on to improve kind of like your stage presence? Oh, man. Uh, you know, um it's kind of like what I touched on in the beginning. Like, I'm really big on the technical side of it. You know, it, if your song is perfectly written and you uh, you maintain a level of structure and every time you write a song, when you're on stage, it's easier to memorize things, easier to be on beat, it's easier to be on key, it's easier to engage mm -hmm. other people in it, it's easier to know when you're going to take breaks, like breaks. You know, it's 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 uh, in breaths. It's very important. I think that's why... Um, the technical side is so important to me because it every time that you perform, it's either an opportunity to have some fun or it's an opportunity to show how good you are. You know, how, however you look on it on the humble scale. Yeah, it is about skill. So whenever I perform, I just make sure that I don't do songs that I don't that I don't know perfectly. And, and I make sure that I spend a lot of time with my backing track. And adding in ad libs in there, and I, I memorize parts where I lose breath, and I make sure that that part is in the tr in the track so it can play over the loudspeaker. You know what I mean? So stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But the the experiences that that I've had have been um, pretty small with the mask. So I'm actually going to be new to that <laughs> this coming year. So um, all those experiences have been singing, or have been rapping, or have been out open mics or shows. So it's um uh, it, it 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 really just comes down to the structure of the song and, and how you can make it easy for yourself, you know, because I, I think less is more. There should always also be a studio version and a live version. Okay. Al almost always. Like, I, I, when you, and you know this now, you probably didn't know it before, but through your project, did you get to a moment where it was really hard to rap with the headphones on, but it was easier to do it off with the headphones off, or it was easier to do it with the headphones on but it wasn't easier to do it with the headphones off <laughs> you know like your voice in one of those aspects it works better on the beat that's a really interesting point i mean like when i record i typically have i have like over the phone headphones 
over-the-ear headphones, I mean, and I typically have one ear covered with the headphone and one off. And I, even if it's like noise-canceling headphones, I like to work out with your regular, you know, plug-in $20 earbuds to hear myself breathing. And I think the same thing goes on the mic is I like the ability to kind of hear both. Um, so I don't know. There always is kind of that playback, but it's just another obstacle to get over. And with performing, I mean, it's all about creating an experience for everyone involved. Um, even if you do miss a word or not, I feel like if I'm out there smiling and, um, bring in good energy, they might overlook or might not notice some mistakes. No. Yeah. And also if you have a friend that, that kind of, uh, does really well at rapping to music, if you just get them to learn your track, you can take them up there if they're not shy and they can, uh, they can say the end of your rhymes so you can take a breath. You know, that that's that's a pretty common hack. <laughs> that's a great idea. Your little entourage. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to have somebody that, that you can count on. You know what I mean? That, that that knows the track and that can that can read you and that is up there for for the performance, you know, so you can have a good performance because th- that's really all it is, man. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. it's bringing the song to life. And the best way to do that is just finding the way to to fit in it and you know not overpower it so um which one which one of the tracks on the album are you most excited to perform live i think periscopes is obviously the most upbeat song on the project and so shana i have not met her in person yet um i found her through shana jones is the feature singing on the hook of periscopes yeah i really liked that she had a really good voice absolutely angelic it's beautiful um she doesn't even do music full-time she's just like a music teacher but oh wow good for her yeah yeah and it's incredible i found her through um just a networking site where she was charging for features and i loved her stuff but um hopefully the dream would be to get her on stage or to be on stage with just i haven't had the opportunity to like collab with other artists in a studio or be on stage with other people so i think either who cares or periscopes just because um, you know, two artists on a time sharing an experience. Awesome. So let's put a snippet of Periscopes right here. Feature in, say the artist's name again. Shayna Jones. Awesome. Trust social media to narrate these events, but what are we playing for? The world's making mistakes and we write off as intent. Only when it affects us do we seem to repent. Friendly fire, don't know we're drove against. Nothing accomplished when we're both correct. Human both ways until we both. So I really love the track No Harm No Foul. So I was on DistroKid and I was uploading my track Wiseo, and it's a summer track that I put out uh, a couple mo- uh, early last year, and I was posting it on there and I was kind of giving myself a goal of of uh, commenting a hundred times and um you're actually the very first person that i commented <laughs> on on slaps interestingly enough and so i found a couple people through there as well that i still communicate with so i i went on there i heard it and um i have a friend named mitch 
and he's also in, in, in the nicest way possible a white rapper and he is somebody that i am best friends with i've been friends with he also does music we do music together for like 10 years you know we all have a group of music and so you have a very similar style to the style that he had when he began so it was kind of it was kind of cool kind of <laughs> like i saw my friend <laughs> starting you. all over again so it's interesting but what i really but what i really like about your style is your style is very different than my friend by the way so it, it's very very different you have completely different styles so but the voice the the, the baby faceness you know what i mean the positivity have you ever heard that um when rappers start their career they all have a messiah complex no i haven't heard that that's really interesting yeah so every artist every rapper not, i mean not modern day but like you know classic rappers back in the day they all had a period in the beginning where some of their first stuff is the most conscious and positive stuff you know what I mean? uh, m my friend mitch uh, uh when my friend mitch dropped his first project it, it was all about being a hero very positive <laughs> you know my first project <laughs> was about uh being very positive as well because i actually used to be a christian rapper myself back in the day so <laughs> uh, my first stuff was very <laughs> very positive and i actually have friends of mine uh, who did rap when we grew up and they all started very positive so my um my question to you is what kind of risks are you taking going forward to make sure that your sound grows that you don't stay pigeonholed in this baby face era of the beginning part well, what what type of things are you working on in your lyrics and your your cadence and your flow and your beat choice what things are you presently like acknowledging that you need to work on i think it comes down to delivery um I, I think that's a really interesting point about like a messiah complex. When you first said it, I was thinking of like, oh, like a self-centered attitude saying like, I'm going to change the world. Um, but that's really interesting when you say like positive to more grim, I guess. What I love most about artists is being able to switch to a different era. I'm talking like different projects and I, I keep going back to this, but Kanye, like Mac Miller, the, those two guys are switching sounds, you know, going from kids to kind of like a watching movies with the sound off. Yeah. Or, or you know, eventually coming full circle with Love circles. Both of those. Yep. Um, and so I want to try that. And I don't want to reveal too much, but I'm going to find ways where these next projects, it is kind of my first taste of saying, okay, I can spit with a confidence, with a delivery, and do so in like a fun way. But then there are going to be other songs that I've coming out that really try to branch off from what I've done differently. And so synonymous, um, we'll get to that in a little bit, I guess, but it is that first step of making a, like a pivot from what I've had before. And so being able to keep your listeners on their toes and not be able to expect what is coming next is a beautiful feeling to me, you know? Um, and I don't know if I'll be as brash about it as like Kanye, but just keep them guessing everything just adds suspense um it's kind of like a tv show you know you wanted people people to get on their edge of their seats and not be able to predict what the project is based off of just like two singles no yeah no yeah there there's there's a it, it's interesting because in order to get there there has to be a lot of work you know like because it it's like the pilot it's the pilot of a show you know because um, a lot of times when um we're planning moving forward and we're uh we're trying to get people interested it's like I hear a lot of people say, I want to be like Frank Ocean, drop a project and go away for three years and then <laughs> come back and drop another project. And it's like, yeah, that's cool. And Frank Ocean does it. You know what I mean? But it's also got to remember Frank Ocean did put out three mixtapes before he dropped his big album. You know what I mean? And he had Channel Orange and Blonde. You know what I mean? So it's 
it's very important to remember that mm-hmm. that every artist does have a phase where they're giving somebody the tried and true product. Like I, I took this marketing class and it always comes back to Pepsi. And he says, if you're selling Pepsi, you have Pepsi that's up on the shelf, right? And it's next to Coke that has the red can. Pepsi has the blue can. Mm-hmm. What if Pepsi gave you a soda one week and the next week gave you a tea and the next week gave you a milk? And then the next week it gave you a sparkling water and the next week it gave you a milkshake and the next week it gave you a beer. It'd be cool, but it's also like, what's the main product though? You know, what are we stemming off of? We, there's be a 70% of soda and a 30% maybe drop Yeah. a crazy thing every three months. You know, that way people can have also a sense of knowing you, not you, you not withholding so much information from them so they can be invited in like in a family and community aspect. And I think that if you are authentically yourself and you're not trying too hard to be someone else, I think you'll be just fine. Yeah. So with that being said, I do want to get a established sound of what No Harm No Foul sounds like. So we're going to put a snippet of that track right here. Honestly, something too bad. No, that's hardly true. I'm proud of you because when jumping, I tend to lag. I'm processing everything. Every peep, every squeak from my mouse. Picking you up could be a hard drive, so this winter I might head south. I'm not the type to monitor, but the key is attitude. Cause when it boils down, I'm proud of you, Now I know it'll all work out. No weight, no harm, no foul. Something straight, little gin, old crown. Got a place and a time and a purpose, or some you know that's worth it. Nothing but time, that's complacency. Waiting in line to have a place for me. Your heart used to have a vacancy. Now you're ranging my time like an agency. Little dream yeah, so how did it feel doing the video? How did, you, how did you set that up? Who did the video for you? And how was that experience for you? Was that the first one? Yes, that was the first music video. I had done TikToks before, and I just... <laughs> cool. It was the craziest moment for me because it there is a face to the name now. You know, there's no hiding from this. The guy who shot the video for me, Danny Dominguez... Um, I can't even remember how I found him. It might have just been through referrals online of different Chicago videographers. But we're actually shooting the next music video here next week. And so No Harm, No Foul was done pretty early. And the music video was recorded um, last May. And so the song didn't come out until like September. And so I, I'm really curious to hear the difference um, I mean, see the difference in my body language and my confidence on camera because I consider myself a very harsh critic of myself, and I didn't think I came across as confident as the song itself. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I thought you did a good job, you know. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you won't be too hard on yourself. I thought you did a good, you know, especially for somebody who's doing it in the beginning. You know, it, it's really hard to learn what to do with your hands, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it, 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 and your feet and your face, you know, like you <laughs> You're, you're trying to kind of animate yourself, so, you know, but you you, you, you did a good job, man. How, how did, did you um, have anybody watching you as you were doing it? No, and I, I'm self-conscious about it, where it was just the two of us, and for this next music video, we're, we're shooting it at night, and it's like, I think I would be more confident on camera in, like, a closed experience. Um, I don't want, I don't like the idea of other people watching me doing something, um, I, on stage, I guess it's different because they come for that. But if I'm shooting a music video in public, I almost feel like I'm inconveniencing them. Um, but I don't know. It's it's definitely an insecurity that I'm going to have to address at some oh, point. Yeah, yeah. There's a process to everything. I had that. I wear a mask. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying. You know what I mean? Uh, um, there was a part where there was a time where I wasn't, you know, and I had to deal with that. I had to get over the fact that people could see me. 
So real quick, real quick, uh, so I can add into the middle, I'm going to ask you some uh, like four rapid fire questions real quick. Okay. Okay. We're set. Okay. So top three musical influences. Mac Miller, Kanye, and I'd say Tyler, the creator. Okay. And what's your favorite song and album from each one of those artists? For Mac, it's Objects in the Mirror, and that's Ooh, from the song. watching movies with the sound off. It's, it's just so beautiful. Kanye, I really don't know. <laughs> that's, um, that's there are so many great songs. <laughs> um, and with Tyler, I think it's Corso. I wasn't a huge fan of his when he first started. Um, I didn't necessarily connect to The Odd Future when I was in high school. But now that he's kind of blossomed, I liked Igor, but I love, you know, Call Me If You Get Lost. And the energy he puts into his performances um, is something that it, I admire so much. And so Corso would be the song. Awesome. A uh, place in your local area that you want to perform at? Red Rocks Amphitheater, Colorado. Um, I visited there. I was born in Colorado, but being a, like, you know, it's just connected with nature. It's connected with earth. Unbelievable. Farthest uh, place you've traveled outside of your area now? Yeah, so through school, I've been very lucky. Um, I was in Asia four years ago today. And so through like a study abroad program, um, it was through like our winter term. It was only four weeks long, but I was able to go to Vietnam, Cambodia, Thailand, Singapore, Hong Kong. And it's amazing how much your eyes can open when you see different parts of the world. And so I had so much fun. I I strongly recommend it. And Asia, like real quick, it's not as crazy as people think because you think of this all as this different (laughs) world where it's like, it's, it's a different reality. But in all truth, a lot of them speak or at least know and can understand English. So if something came to a crunch, it's safer than people think. Okay, cool. I'll ask, I'll ask you some, some, some quicker ones. Have you ever been in a fist fight? Yes. Did you win or lose? It was just a one punch thing. <laughs> it was, um, <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was in the cafeteria in seventh grade. I got suspended for like a day and a half for it. Like this, whatever, this one kid was ruffling through my lunch and then I like kind of pushed him. He punched me, and then I punched him, and then it was kind of done. We kind of stood there and didn't really know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Um, song that you have played all year round in 2021. Take Me Home by Vince Staples. Um, nice. Okay. It is beautiful. I love that project. It's so mellow, and um, I'm just pulling up the feet. Yeah, the features of Fouché. They did a NPR I don't think it was a tiny guest tiny desk but it was just kind of like this you know at home studio thing where it was very organic and that performance is beautiful who's the greatest rapper of all time commercially or skill I mean these are just skill, like rapper <laughs> not, not commercially um, successful artist but rapper Jay-Z probably that's who I would go with Jay-Z and then Eminem okay cool favorite movie I love the Lord of the Rings movies those uh, that trilogy Oh, oh my goodness. It's another world to kind of go in. And then I guess if outside of that for humor, like Step Brothers, some of those like early 2000s comedies. <laughs> okay. Favorite local spot to eat at the, the people from Chicago only know about. The Herald's Chicken um, is really good. I'm just trying to think of like Chicago. Portillo's is a staple of Chicago. Um, and it is basically there are some s- restaurants in California now. Um, I don't know if they're close to you or not, but you can get. Italian food, beers, 
salads, but then it's also your typical like fast food stuff with amazing milkshakes. Nice. Have you been out to California? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was visiting my grandma. I go um, about two times a year, two or three times, and hopefully go to Coachella maybe this year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever been? No, I, I haven't been. I have a brother who is super deep in that scene, though. He goes every time. So, yeah, I, 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 I hear about it. <laughs> I heard Kanye might be the headliner this year, so that would oh, be yeah, something. Oh, yeah, I heard to, actually, yeah. <laughs> that would be something yeah. to heavily consider. I think it's Kanye and Billie Eilish. Okay. She'd be great. Yeah. Well, where are in, uh, in, in, in in California do you visit? Palm Springs. Um, oh, so like Palm I- Springs, yeah. Indian Wells specifically, but... Um, it's hot out there. Yeah. I, t- I mean, we go at Christmas, and then we, we typically go in the spring, so it's not like that peak month. Oh, but, got you. Um, it's, I'm very blessed to be able to go out there occasionally and see family. I did a music video out there in the desert area uh, yes <laughs> my tv said i was watching yeah. that and um your that beat for that song was used in a cole bennett music video yeah it for was danny towers yeah check this out so um <laughs> i found that beat i wrote that song i recorded that song i waited almost a year until i got the mask because it took a while to make then i put that song out put that video out and then three months later he dropped that song and another guy from L.A. dropped that song. Beautiful. No, not beautiful, Eric, because no? he got he went viral, and then the other guy went viral, and they released it after me. So now everyone who came to my song said that I copied them when I put it out first. Oh. I actually put it out first. So, yeah, I, I got the beat first. I, I have I have proof and everything. So it's I found that video, too, and I actually uh, stopped promoting that song because his song had way better, <laughs> better reviews than mine. But, yeah. Anyway, so here's the last question. Uh, so, what is the performance that you've seen that most inspired you? This Lollapalooza, I was with my brother, and it was on a Sunday night, and we saw the Foo Fighters play. And I don't know if you've ever seen them, but they are phenomenal. It is unbelievable. Uh, I love the Foo Fighters. I think yeah. a lot of it goes into kind of like how the crowd's reacting. And not to bash anyone right now, but I went to the Brockhampton set, and a lot of the kids were kind of pushing into it. I know like with the Astro World thing, um, it's very tragic, but a lot of it, just the environment that they created, they were switching positions. You know, David Grawl was hopping on drums and like vice versa, and they were just jamming out for like two plus hours. And it was the coolest thing. People chilling, you know, drinking all ages. It was, it was phenomenal. That's a really good story. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that you, you saw such talented acts for your, for your first experience. W- with that being said, let's go into another one of your tracks called Who Cares? I would also like to add that all of these tracks are streaming right now everywhere that you stream streams. But specifically, it would help if you purchased it on Apple Music or anywhere it could be purchased. Or if you stream it on Spotify specifically. Here you go. Back to the snippet. Riding on this road, layered in brick, concrete or gravel. Who cares where I sleep the night? Long as your face is by my side. Don't need a five star, don't even need a light. Just your presence will be just right. Leave what's unnecessary in the dresser. Settle for freedom and nothing lesser. 
driving southbound no bluetooth or streaming just a couple of cds our favorite bands playing on repeat and we know every word seeing the world in front of our headlights as our wheels they turn not driving to run away driving to appreciate don't need nothing fancy you can keep the state spin this record and watch the needle break supporting the local businesses the mom and pops and so i have a question then for the mask and even like your logo is really nice how did you decide to kind of create a similar feel for both of those oh the mask um i i um i designed that about six years ago um paid professional to do it made it to the dimensions of my head and it uh it represents where i get my gift from one side which is god and uh the other side is my creative side which represents the gift so when i put it on it's the only thing that i want you to focus on i don't want you to look at me i want you to only pay attention to my gift and where it comes from mm-hmm. so not to get too deep but that is the actual meaning of it you know so the logo is a black sheep because when you're trying to be unique and i know you can understand this and you, you'll get it as, as you keep moving forward which is why i which is why i'm giving you so much information because you know it, it, it it's it's one of the reasons why i wanted you to come on the podcast because I want this podcast to show people at all different times and I I relate to the the drive that you have and you know when 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 you're trying to get out there you have to figure out a way to get yourself across and sometimes I feel like when when you're really trying to do something you feel like you're an outcast so I made a a song called Black Sheep and mm-hmm. uh the, the logo is uh my face on a black sheep because <laughs> that's how I feel sometimes <laughs> but yeah um Thank you for asking that question. I was just like, I am very stuck on like what, you know, the cover for the next project should be or developing a logo too. Um, those are, those are stuff that people remember. It sticks with you. You know, you can put it on merch. And so that's why I'm very like curious yeah. about how you came up with some of this and the black sheep. Are you like comfortable saying that you're a black sheep? The term black sheep, it's just kind of like one of or unique or outcast. And I feel like, anyone can really relate with that you know um, i'm actually going to create some merch around it too like black sheep clothing and like with my logo on it and stuff like that so w- w- when i first started in, in in la and i was first out there living on my own with uh, my girlfriend and a couple friends were all musicians trying to do the same thing you know um i met people there that made it that 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 got record deals that went on the voice that did well that performed that showed their faces and did well and um you know now after those years go and you get past the passion a- a- aspect of it, you start to realize that you could be wasting a-, a lot of time focusing on how passionate you are uh, to get your message across instead of how passionate you are to get it out there. And typically that comes with making money, you know, and it, it's um, it's an it's sucks because it's a necessary evil. But it's also like the conflict of not letting it make you evil. <laughs> You know, so it's hard, man, to when you start mm-hmm. taking more steps and you start to like realize that you're taking more business steps, you start to realize that um, you really need to know who you are when you show yourself to the world. Because if you're going to create branding and you're going to start standing behind something, it needs to be 100 percent you and you need to know that it's not going to change. You, you, you got to have your heels in something. And I think that for me, when I'm creating something, I need to make sure that it it really is not fake and it's not something i'm trying to just create to be cool i really need to like be behind it i really need to to agree with it so like five years down the line i don't i don't i don't question that you know Mm -hmm. i think it comes with our age too i mean 
music is like a life experience in itself. And so I'm very thankful that I discovered this at the age, you know, I'm turning 25 next month. And for me, if I were to try to have done this when I'm 18, you know, as 18 year olds, we don't know who we are yet. Um, And so I'm just very appreciative of it coming as it's played out. How are you in your relationship with marketing? Have you learned anything this last year? Are you learning anything now? Because at some point it is important for everyone. What way are you making it important for you? Yeah, this this has been the marketing side has been the biggest change for me from Periscopes to this next upcoming project. When I I went to school for marketing, but it really doesn't matter because it's the real world is so much different. Um, I I have a guy, a marketing manager named Destin Thice, and we meet weekly to go over different plans. And there's so much to be proactive about when you think about it, like creating an experience for fans or, or giving them some sort of um, token or memento right. for being invested in you. And so for Periscopes, the only thing I really did was I wrote, I printed out, I guess, four by six laminated photos of the cover art, physical copies. And I wrote a handwritten note to the first 50 people who signed up to get these. And I shipped them out free of charge. And that was kind of like my first step at creating extra value for people but now like i want to yeah. create it where it's like an experience where they get something that's yeah. almost like a christmas present to them and coming up with these different ideas turns i guess casual fans into loyal fans which yeah. i have no idea how to i guess track it at this point but hopefully down the line you know i would rather have a hundred ride or die fans than have a thousand casual fans and so when i first started marketing i was paying to get on some playlists, I was paying to get on certain blogs, but it didn't necessarily, it was good for the search algorithms, you know, through Google, but it w- didn't necessarily convert into loyal fans. Yeah. And so I think this biggest step with Destin is trying to create a community of a loyal fan base. Right, yeah, and you know, that's the name of the game. You know, it, 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 it's, an, it's an interesting game because it, it really comes down to <laughs> like a good cocktail of how much people want to be you and like you and and how much people want to support certain parts about you you know like like if we look at like like mac miller you know like his, his musical ability um made him legendary right but his humor and his actual personality it makes him super memorable right you know but and then there's this whole quality of him affecting so many people in hip-hop and having such like a, a a hand in so many people's come up and it makes him super important in many other ways you know like it, it's interesting how how all of these things have something to do with whether or not someone chooses to follow you into the darkness you know and follow eric heavy all the way down you know <laughs> and so it, it it it's an interesting cocktail of moves are you feeling comfortable with it all yes i'm getting comfortable putting my name out there for sure and having the confidence in my art in itself to be able to reach out to some of these people who are in Chicago or who are, you know, these blog writers. I think it all, that comfort level carries over into everything that you do subconsciously. Yeah, man. And so I'm sure it's the same thing with you turn into the mask. Um, it's, see, it, some routes are considered like unconventional or some people might not agree with it. Um, including like my parents to a degree, you know what I mean? Like when I was creating Periscopes, I, I didn't even tell them for a while and it's getting over that hump and 
um, it just makes you a better person overall, you know, developing a bunch of skill sets. How did they initially accept it and have they grown un- grown into it? Uh, yes and no. I, I mean, I don't think they have the vision, but you can't expect everyone else to have the vision either. So it's kind of like they'll support me in whatever I choose to do. But at the same time, I don't think they understand everything that goes into music. Like you said, with all the marketing and the other skills that can be applied to your day-to-day life. Yeah, man. Like, for example, telling stories, right? Being able to write and tell a story that's gripping or even, like, video editing skills can be applied. Who knows, right? The internet can change in so many different ways by the time we're 50. Um, All of it is not wasted time is what I'm saying. Very true. So going forward, any plans for um, any performances? I know you said you got a video. You got the, you got another video that, that's being made right now. Any plans for performances coming in the near future? Trying. Um, I need to try to get these booked. But the big goal that I've set for 2022 is to go to like X amount of open mics once um, I've kind of fully established myself in the city and trying different sounds seeing how people react to it and when I'm proactive enough in like the songs that I've read you know it's not like this urge that oh I need to write this hit in order to be good or I need to make this show to have success in the community um I'm just trying to get my face out there as much as possible and even if that's supporting other artists and just seeing them and hopefully getting to know them backstage or whatever um, that's kind of my goal is just networking over putting my face out there. Good, good, man. Yeah. All, all the, all the best luck to you. Um, let me know about any of those performances. <laughs> uh, if, uh, if we can, I can tune in live stream. Thank you. Supporting you. So well, it, I want to give you a chance. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. I want to give you a chance because the whole point of this podcast is obviously to give a timestamp of where an artist is in their journey. You know, I've had my friends on here and some of the, episodes that I have in the vault that are that are coming out in the next couple months um at different levels you know you're obviously at a more at, at a beginner level with all, all all respect because you're doing a really good job so I, I think that uh that's one of the reasons why I had you on the podcast because this podcast kind of is invite only so but it, it's really cool that um um I was really I, I admired your tenacity to promote yourself because when I was at your stage that was the last thing on my mind so to to have the balls and the the courage to do that is a very good quality to have and and uh i hope that it grows with you you know it I, I hope i hope that it that it helps you in the process so with that being said what message do you want to immortalize for yourself that you can look back on in a couple of years and remind yourself of and hope that you stay true to just to kind of have out there so you can say it yeah well first off thank you thank you thank you for having me on um this was a pleasure and you're right this is the ninth episode on your podcast and i'm in company now with a lot of great names and so maybe you could create some sort of like patch or some sort of sticker that's like oh you know i was a guest on the plug me in podcast yeah i'd love that i'd love could that could be yeah. a really cool idea you know make this exclusive invite only club where people are reaching you out to you for the podcast um invite and so um i guess my message I am going to try to challenge people with different sounds, but then, like, to your point, keep it in a lane that's not too far off from the center. And I 
want to say is that this is planned out. I have taken time on purpose with these releases. For Synonymous, I wanted to release it when I was out in California visiting my grandma um, because I just wanted people to associate the beautiful weather with that song. This project is going to reflect a change, a transition period in my life. And there's been a lot going on on like a personal level, I guess. Not, nothing like crazy, but it's going to be a change for me, and I think it will be reflected in the music. And so the closing track on this project coming out, it's called What Do You See? And basically the whole message is that I am a reflection of you because if you're listening to me, then you see some sort of quality in yourself and me. Um, and so I basically am trying to capture everything, what it means to be human it, in music. And so that comes with expressing every single emotion, comes with the journeys in life, experiences. And so, yes, it's planned out, but I want it to be very off the cuff as well and informal. Um, so I, I don't really have an answer, but I just want to say, like, thank you, thank you, thank you for believing in me. And if you haven't um, checked me out yet, I will happily respond to any DMs and um, any opportunities. Awesome. So go ahead and tell everybody your social media handle and how they can search your name to find you. Yeah. So Instagram, Eric.Evy. Eric is spelled E-R-I-K and then dot E-V-Y. Twitter is just Eric Evy Music. Same with TikTok. But that's about it. So I'm going to end with a snippet of Synonymous. And I hope that you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you to my guest. Thank you to the listener. And thank you for plugging in to the EP Plug Me In podcast. As always, thank you for plugging in. Plug me in, baby. <laughs> All I ask, keep loose with it. Keep loose with it. Keep loose with it. Don't worry, we're synonymous. But my heart's up and down like a knacker bat. I wanna make times two plus half of that. So I can ration that till my fans are back. She got the Lulu strap with a camel back. And the price of peace of mind costs more than that. And we work all day to afford the facts. Let's tie loose ends and explore the crash. This music moving west with a little bit of jigger. Run around town, do some chin ups. Compared to my style, this is a switch up. Built in a blueprint to my encore. Empire state of mind. Built in a basement, tight rope the line. Circus of engagement, secrets in this arrangement. This frequency, you're a play. EP, plug me in. EP, plug me in. EP, plug me in.